The three most important letters in sports. Even better than those. TVV. 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 It's Fox 6 Sports Director Tim Van Voren on Homer and Tony. Tim Van Voren is brought to you by Mars Cheese Castle, a Wisconsin landmark that you need to experience off I-94 in Kenosha. Meats, cheeses, bakery, bar, and restaurant all under one roof. Learn more at MarsCheese.com. I wonder how this guy handles his grocery shopping. Brian D. Tony he's, Smith. He's a delivery guy all day. You think so? Yeah. TVV is too famous to be seen in the grocery stores. TVV, are you the primary grocery shopper in your household? I would say that I am. Tony, I, you know, you know me well, but on this one, incorrect column. Come on. No, no. No, I, I like to go. I mean, uh, I don't know that I'm Giannis, but, I, you know, my schedule lends itself to me going at off hours early in the morning or late at night, and there's something to it. I, I, I felt his post when I saw it. Really? I felt it, too. Yeah. I enjoy the yeah. grocery store. TVV, I like the jams they play in the grocery store. Sometimes they uh, they play good music just to keep you there longer. You know? I, I, really, mm-hmm. I yeah. really don't yeah. like going to the grocery store. Sometimes. Really? I, I don't yeah. even know if, I don't know if TVV's a, a Cold Ones guy or not, but there have been some grocery stores lately that will even let you walk around the grocery store with a nice cold beer as you peruse the shelves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the little cup holder there on the cart mm-hmm. used to be just maybe for a coffee. Now maybe that branches out to something <laughs> for else. A coffee. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not one to usually uh, imbibe wild grocery shopping, but I, I like the experience. And then if you go to the same place semi-regularly or regularly, you, you meet some of the people who work there and are so friendly and it's it's a shared experience. It's communal. I'm good with it. I'm with you. Wow. I'm with you, TVV. Hey, uh, we may need to pair you up with Devin Williams to help him do some grocery shopping because he's got a bad hand. I don't know if you heard about that yesterday. <laughs> I heard a mention or two, yeah. Just a mention or two in the last day or two. Uh, Tim, what was your initial reaction when the news broke yesterday afternoon? And can you recall anything similar happening uh, in the history of Wisconsin sports that a player so impactful uh, is getting injured this close to the playoffs? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I see Jonathan Lucroy with uh, his situation, so that's been mentioned uh, with the suitcase. I, I don't remember in Wisconsin sports history, I guess. Uh, I do remember St. Louis Cardinals and a left-handed pitcher named John Tudor who uh, punched a fan. People like, is that a person? No, he hit one of those electrical fans with his pitching hand. That had to be mid to late 80s, maybe, around postseason time, if I'm not mistaken. John Tudor was a very good pitcher, T-U-D-O-R. So um, I guess that's the closest thing that I recall. But that's not Wisconsin sports history. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, this... This this in this case the guy hurt himself so that's mm-hmm. that makes it much worse. But uh, m- my question is how how impactful is this injury? I mean, how, what what does it do to the to Brewers' chances to now go on and get that get that title? One of the biggest strengths of the Brewers' team, Tony, starting pitching and relief pitching, and you know you subtract a, a very valuable member of that relief pitching. Other guys are candidates to step into that role, and maybe they will step in beautifully. But uh, the Brewers didn't want to have that role open, no question about it. And you know, Craig Council is very formulaic uh, when he gets a lead after six innings. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, and Devin Williams is you know the middleman in that formula. And you subtract that, that's you know that is a big alteration. There's no question about it in my mind. 
So, Tim, it's it's bizarre, particularly because we're dealing with a pitcher that hurt his throwing hands, and you would think a professional athlete would have the wherewithal, regardless of anger, frustration, maybe alcohol was involved, to understand the value of that, especially to his team this late in the year. I'm curious when that mentality, though, for professional athletes may have changed. And I actually want to ask Tony this question. Tony, you played in the NBA in the 90s where throwing haymakers was commonplace. What was that like? Uh, it, w- it was it, it was different than now. What you're watching, you see a lot of guys chesting up right now, knowing that no one's going to throw a punch. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just kind of uh, being fake tough guys there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, guys were guys were swinging back then. It's I mean, I'm glad they've gotten control of that. So I, I don't I don't like to see any of that. I don't even like to see it in hockey where they just let it go. But I mean, it's just for me, Devin Williams. You just gotta you gotta be smarter than that. I mean, you really do. Uh, you're going into the playoffs. I mean, I, I I don't like the I don't like what he did at all. But at the beginning of the season, oh, okay, yeah, you're whatever. The season just started, but you're headed to the playoffs, dude. Right after on, you clinch on a on a team with a very good chance, and and we heard uh, Brian Anderson say they can play with anybody, and I I don't know if uh, TVV probably feels the same way, especially with their pitching. Uh, when he was there, that they can play with anybody and they can they can win in in these uh, playoffs. So it's just the timing of it for me. TVV that makes it much much worse. I, I'm I'm echoing uh, your thoughts, Tony. Uh, you know, I, in terms of the National League, I think there are three really good teams: Dodgers, Giants, Brewers, and maybe the Cardinals. I don't know. And obviously, two or three of those teams aren't going to get there. So can the Brewers play with anybody? Sure, they're right in there with those. It could be. It wouldn't surprise me if it's any of those three teams, maybe the fourth, if you include St. Louis in there, that gets through to the World Series at least. So can the Brewers be there? Sure. Even without Devin Williams? Sure. But the timing is definitely magnified. No doubt about it. The import of the injury. Tony, you're probably old enough to know or to remember. Brian D. obviously is not. But, uh, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kent Benson, that was yep. game one. Yep. Game one of the season. I mean, that's that's amazing. Uh, and, Brian, if you don't know the story, you know, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just hauled off and slammed Kent Benson in the face mm. in the first game of Kent Benson's NBA career, downtown Milwaukee. Um, and I don't – Benson was probably never the same again. Now, you know, that's two different players. But that was game one of a regular season. I agree with you, Tony. This is a different circumstance. And that's why it's getting so much run. That's why it's – you know, on the news segments of, of uh, TV stations, not just in Milwaukee but elsewhere, because it's a self-inflicted wound uh, of this magnitude at this time of year. That's that's what makes people sit up and go, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. Tim Van Voren, Fox Six Sports Director, with us here on Homer and Tony. No Homer, Brian D. In as your cousin sub of the day. TVV, we were having a conversation amongst ourselves a couple of minutes ago before you came on about the other teams in the National League, and you, you kind of just hit on them. Uh, I think Chris asked the question, who would you want the Brewers to play in the NLCS if they got that far? What do you think the correct answer is there? Because the Dodgers and Giants have been awesome all year, but now you've got this scorching hot Brian said the Giants. I said the Giants. I don't know why. I just feel like the Brewers have played well against them in the limited matchups this season. Uh, who would you say, Tony? I I said the Cardinals. Ugh. Okay. Doesn't that make you just I mean, want to have a ginger ale? Like it just made, oh, just only, uns- only because of me, because, stomach be, hurts. because they have peaked. I think they're they they can't continue right now in the corner playoffs, staying that hot. I, I guess I would say the same. I I think 
I think those other teams are better than the Cardinals. The Cardinals are certainly riding one right now, no question about it. But can they sustain that, withstand that, sustain that? Um, I guess I'd say the Cardinals. Otherwise, Brian, I think I would have said the Giants just because I've kind of thought they were going to fall off all year. But mm-hmm. they never have. They never have. And you have to credit them for that. But now they don't have Brandon Belt, and that's a big subtraction for them. That was obviously an in-game injury, not a self-inflicted injury. Yeah, they're kind of having a Brewersy season, you know, Cinderella type of magical season that everybody thought would end at some point. They've just been riding that wave all summer long into the fall. Tim Van Voren of Fox Six Sports with us. We just talked about three or four really good baseball teams. Tim, on the other side, I want to ask you about a football team and whether or not you think they're good. And it may not be the football team you expect. That's next with Tim Van Voren on Homer and Tony. No Homer, ninety-four-five. ESPN. I've got five words that just belong together. Miller Light Fall Football Tour. It's back. It's coming to a Buffalo Wild Wings in the Milwaukee area this Friday, tomorrow. Join Homer and Tony from 2 to 4 at Buffalo Wild Wings in New Berlin for a chance to win two Packers tickets to the Pittsburgh game this weekend. Enjoy $2.75 Miller Lite draft pints during participating hours Thursday through Monday at Buffalo Wild Wings, plus in Green Bay at Anduzzi's The Turn and 1919 Kitchen and Tap. I'm probably going to show up at this thing tomorrow afternoon. We got Gene Miller on board. Maybe we can get TVV in the mix. It's going to be a big old party at Buffalo Wild Wings in New Berlin, your official living room of football season. Please drink Molson Coors responsibly. Must be 21 years or older to participate. You're listening to Homer and Tony on 94.5 ESPN and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Fox 6 Sports Director Tim Van Voren with us on Homer and Tony, Brian D, and as your cousin's sub of the day. TBV, Tony asked me a question going into that last break that I did not have an answer to, and that question was, Hall of Fame wingman? Uh, what's the origin of that? I know we've been doing that for years on this radio station and probably dating back to 540 ESPN. Can you take us back to the origin of the Hall of Fame wingman comment? Uh, Brian and Tony, not really. I take my cues from the host of the show, the normal host of the show, Homer. Uh, you know, whatever musical intro is played, fine. Whatever uh, title is bandied about, fine. Uh, whatever the topics are on a weekly basis, fine. It's all good. So I answer to it. Um, you know, Homer's uh, prone to some hyperbole uh, that, that may be taking place in this particular instance. Would you consider yourself? Would you consider yourself a Hall of Fame wingman? Have you ever helped a buddy uh, at the bar, perhaps in a in a in a earlier life, perhaps? We are all red red blooded males of a certain age. I think we've all been in that uh, that capacity at various times. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, TVV, <laughs> let's shift gears to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they've got a, another challenging opponent, I think, coming in this weekend to Lambeau Field, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I asked this question to Jason Wilde earlier in the program, and I want to ask you your opinion of the same question. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers good? Take it away. Uh, they're good. Yep. They, when healthy, they're good. Obviously, most notably, that's on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, Ben Roethlisberger has has declined. Not just this year; he's been in serious decline. 
and they found a way to manage that last year, won a lot of games early in the year, and then kind of lost their way at the end of the year. They're a good team. I think Mike Tomlin is a good coach. His, his record, body work would indicate that. And again, their defense is talented enough to win football games. Their offense can't beat itself. I think the, the Niners, excuse me, the Steelers are averaging like, like five yards a play. You know, you have to do better than that. They're, they're a dink and dunk, can't get it done offense right now. And that puts too much pressure on any defense. If their defense is healthy and they can be passable on offense, they will be uh, definitely a threat. Tim, you mentioned T.J. Watt there, and it's looking like he's going to play. He practiced in full uh, today. Uh, I saw some video pop up on my Twitter feed yesterday of a, a slightly younger TVV uh, covering a Pewaukee Pirate football game in the fall of 2012. What do you remember about watching T.J. Watt play quarterback, linebacker, and punter for the Pirates? Yeah, I remember that night in particular. I did see that video. Uh, one of our producers turned that out yesterday, uh, which I appreciate. You know, that makes you smile. Um, you know, and you guys can attest to this, Tony. You were probably this guy when you were in high school, bigger and better than most of the people around you. Uh, you know, you knew they were destined for something uh, that most of the other guys on the field, or in Tony's case, on the court, wouldn't be destined for just because of their talent and size. Um, but, you know, he was a quarterback, as you said, and then, you know, he, he was he was a tight end uh, early in his college career. You didn't think he had defensive NFL defensive player of the year type candidacy written around him or written on him. Uh, but, you know, that, that famous Watt family motor is legit, I think, on, in all three of those boys, and uh, two of them will be in Lambeau Field this weekend. Uh, TVV, do you have, do you have a... a a grip on what what this Packer team is yet after three games it seems like you know the offense has been it, it seems like it's been good but they gave you only three points in New Orleans and um, they didn't give you much in the first half against the Detroit team which you thought you know you, you can get out on that team and only came up with 14 points they were down 17 14 and a half so uh, I don't know then the defense has had times been good at other times not so good I, I can't get a read on them yet how about you're you? describing you're describing them as inconsistent through three weeks, Tony. I think they're going to be inconsistent most of the year. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they they were very fired up this week, and uh, you know, and, and knew that they were being uh, kind of overlooked with the injuries they had on the offensive line at center. Went out, took the game right to the Niners. If the Niners had done another thing or two in the second quarter, I'm not sure that game may have flipped. Uh, so I think there is a. Uh, a challenge for the Packers to respond each week. I think there's a challenge for that this week. I think Pittsburgh could beat the Packers if uh, Green Bay doesn't throw a, you know, a solid effort out there. But when the Packers are in the groove, they do have a ton of talent. That's what we were talking about all summer long, and that's why they should be a contender. And that's why with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and Robert Tunney, and you go right down the list, that's a legit offensive football team. We talked about Pittsburgh needing defense. I, you, I know, Tony, you're talking about the Packers needing defense. Mm-hmm. And they're not head and shoulders above anybody else unless they're playing well. So if they're playing well, they, they'll give you they, – they can throw a scare in anybody and, and beat. You know, they're, they're a top-level NFL team. But I do think there's a challenge on this team this year to play at that level semi-consistently on both sides of the ball, and we'll see how often they can do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm really, I'm worried, worried about their consistency on on either side of the ball. But uh, just real quick on that San Francisco game, I mean, 
Were you thinking at the end of that game, like, they're going to run a little bit of clock here. They're not going to leave 30-something seconds on the clock. They're going to try to whittle this down and try to score with, you know, under 10 seconds left. Something like that as opposed to just, oh, we're going to go right in. And, yeah, there's 30-something seconds left for, for Aaron. Yeah. I agree. I think San Francisco mishandled that. I would say, uh, you know, the Packers got that late field goal to go up six, and I was kind of thinking at the time, well, six doesn't help you that much, you know, because San Francisco can still come out and score. But actually it did because I think, you know, San Francisco couldn't, you know, waddle around too much out there on the field because they couldn't just say, well, we're in field goal range. They had to get a touchdown. So. You know, you know, if the clock runs out on the Niners when they're at the three-yard line, fans are going to be all over them. How could you not have gotten down the field more quickly? So I, it certainly worked to the Packers' advantage. When when they were driving down the field, you're in the press box, and I'm kind of thinking, do you let them score? I mean, you know, it's one of those situations. But then you say, no, you're up six. You don't do that because it's a different situation than some of those uh, uh, you know game settings that we've seen. It worked right to the Packers' favor, though, and I, I just loved after the after the game when we all asked Aaron Rodgers, "Well, how much how much time do you think you needed to actually be able to make that happen?" And he said, "37 seconds." Yeah. You know, it's a perfect answer. Yeah. He need, they they needed exactly what they had. And the fist pump that he pulled away with Tim after spiking the football with two seconds to play was as as big as I think I've seen from Aaron Rodgers in maybe a decade. Like he was psyched that not only he but the offense was able to execute that to perfection. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think we've all seen Aaron Rodgers kind of look a little bored at times. You're not bored in that scenario. 37 seconds, no timeouts in your home state against a team that's beaten you plenty. Uh, you know, that's, that's going to fire the juices. And that, I think that's where some of that reaction came from. And, you know, is Aaron Rodgers at age 37 going to give you that? What do we have, 14 more games of the regular season? We'll see. But he, there's no question you're reading that correctly, Brad. He was fired up about that situation because he knew it was a collective effort. Again, young offensive lineman kind of, you, you know, uh, the national narrative last week was like, oh, this is going to be a rough one for the Packers. And they got it done on the road against a team they love to beat. Yeah, and the fact that they were able to do it early in the season, I'm sure, gives him faith that they can do it uh, at a juncture later on when these stakes are a little higher than they were in Week 3. TVV, thanks as always. We appreciate the time. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch up with you next week on the show. Outstanding, guys. You guys do the same. Awesome stuff. Tim Van Voren, Fox 6 Sports Reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at TVVFox6. Coming up next, T, we're going to hear from the head coach. Matt LaFleur sits down with The Rock, Larry McCarron, for drive time with Matt LaFleur. That is next year on Homer and Tony on 94.5 ESPN.